Hello and welcome to the Mallow Street podcast. If you're listening, chances are that you work in pensions. So in this series, I am talking to people from across the pensions industry to find out how they came to work in pensions, how they have carved out a career in the sector and what advice they would give someone who is just starting out in this field. Today with me is Anne-Marie Winton. She is a highly respected pensions lawyer and partner in law firm Arc Pensions Law. Anne-Marie, welcome. Thank you. Um, You're a lawyer, but obviously you specialised on one aspect of law, pensions. Um, And now you advise trustees and employers on everything to do with pensions. Um, When you set out studying law, did you know that you were going to go into that direction? No, I suppose I had quite an unusual background because my first degree is in maths. And it's actually sort of the quite theoretical physics part of maths. So probably if, I, if I'd been a better mathematician, I would have ended up as an actuary rather than a lawyer. Um, but I realised at the end of my undergraduate degree that I, I had no more maths in me. So I had to go and do something else. So that's when I did the conversion. So studied law for another two years at sort of a university level. Uh, and then you have to do another two years of on-the-job training. So it's quite a long haul coming into law. Um, so And pension was almost one of the, the last disciplines I saw because the training system generally works that you see four different types of law when you're doing sort of on-the-job training, and it was the fourth seat, the fourth training seat I had. So I'd only done it for about six weeks before I actually decided I want to do it. It made such an impact on me that that, that was the decision I made in the mid-90s. Okay, so so what was it about the sector that... I think it's a bit, and, and this is the part of it which is the gift that keeps on giving, it's always been intellectually interesting. Um, and I think we're very fortunate as a discipline and certainly as a legal discipline that what we do um, changes and has changed over time. So the type of advice that I give now is very, very different. I mean, the circumstances, both factual and legal, very, very different to the, the advice and the type of advice I'd be doing a decade ago or 20 years ago. And that's what I most like about it. The fact that it's almost like getting a new job. You keep on learning new things, as opposed to having to be stuck in a bit of a rut and, and, and the, you know, the law not changing around you. Okay, so is that the case for, say, corporate law or insurance law? Well, I I, I have been uh, in pub quizzes where the corporate teams have have nicknamed their team name the No Law Lawyers. So uh, we have a lot of legislation uh, compared to some other disciplines, yes. Interesting. And uh, have you ever thought, I wish I I wasn't in pensions law? I think if I, I've, I've got a colleague who, who did a, uh, an open university degree, um, just, just, I'm not entirely sure what spare time she had, but if I was going to try and study something again, I think engineering would be uh, what I would fancy, because it would kind of get the best bits of the maths that I enjoyed doing, but without the really difficult theoretical physics part of it, and actually put it in a real practical context about what keeps a building in place and how a structure's made, and I actually do find that very interesting. So I'm the sort of person that I, I will try and look between the boardings in the crosswell to try and see what's going on so okay cool and um un- unless you do change and become a, a civil engineer what um say that you stay in pensions law what is it that pensions is giving you what's and i think we, we always have new challenges here and and you know at the core of it is always you know what what's kind of best for the members you know what are we actually trying to achieve you want to get people getting as much of their pension that they've been promised as possible now of course it used to be that that wasn't even an issue there was no question that people would get all their pension but of course things have changed and i do do quite a lot of work in the sort of the distress and the restructuring space when that really is one of the challenges but that's the part sort of the heart of the job is that it's actually got a very personal core to it that you actually are doing something and, and, and assisting the party and the stakeholder that will make a meaningful to, um, dis, um, difference to people's lives. So it's the purpose. Yeah, there's a purpose. Of, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. And um, one uh, thing that I find interesting is the firm you work for now, um, ARC, is quite new and um, it's much smaller than the ones that you worked in before. Um, was that different? Um, I mean, it, it was it was a once in a career, a sort of you know, lifetime sort of a career decision to be able to move um, from a large firm and large, well-established firm into a, a startup. Um, and to me, it was a really easy decision to make. Um, and I would have kind of really kicked myself because um, it's given such an opportunity to be at the ground level and help construct a business and work out precisely what makes a business tick and actually we try and be very very open with all our staff so that they understand the sort of the the sort of nuts and bolts of running running a firm but i think it makes you a better lawyer if you can empathize more and this is particularly more on employer side clients um the the commercial constraints that they operate under and if you don't really know how a business works and most of us unless we were brought up you know working within a family business you just all all done a very long succumbent you just don't know so i think that's a great asset to be able to understand the commerciality of how a business works so uh so that's been one of the you know the great opportunities to see that from the ground up with arc and see how it how it succeeded Mm -hmm. and and do you think you might sometimes uh, maybe sympathize overly with the employer or um i think with all pension laws you try and sort of um you know the idea about continuing to do employer work and trustee work is always to try and keep a sense of, of balance um and obviously i mean and it's very common with a lot of pension lawyers it's very rare that people would only you know uh, favor one side or another in terms of their practice but you do need to be able to see each other's point of view so typically, you know, um, if I'm advising an employer, I'll say, well, I have a good idea what the trust, what questions the trustees will be asking themselves and also what advice they'll be getting as well, because trustees are actually quite transparent in that respect. You know, we know because of the principles of trust law and legislation and what the scheme rules say, broadly how they should be behaving. And of course, for trustees, it's far more difficult because they don't always know how the employer should be behaving other than the remits of what director's duties should be telling them. So there's often a bit more guesswork on that side. So, so the answer is, no, I don't think I'd ever favour one side or the other. You kind of need to know both camps, really, I think, to be a good pensions lawyer. Mm-hmm. And um, our pensions law, um, it stands out to me because uh, most of the partners are female. Um, can tell help notice. Yes. Yeah, that's Does right. that say something about female partners in I bigger mean, law firms? It might, but it hasn't been set out to say anything, to be honest. Um, it is a genuine coincidence that those are the people who chose to join ARC. Now, it is possible you could draw sort of principles on that from people's backgrounds. Uh, and our, and our, within our associate level, it's about 50-50 between, between uh, men and women. It's only at partner level, which, it, which isn't balanced. I mean, quite frankly, the way our philosophy is, we will welcome any talented lawyer who wants to work with us. Um, and it just happens to have been that the, you know, bar are sort of uh, one of our founding partners, all the other partners who have joined us or who've been promoted through ARC have been women, but it is just, just chance. Mm-hmm. And um, have you ever had any experiences during your career that you think you might not have had to deal with if you were a man? It's a tricky one. I, again, I, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure that I would have noticed is probably the most, is the most, probably the most accurate answer. I kind of take everything as it comes. So, um, so the answer is that there may well have been, but not that I noticed. And is there any anything that stands out in your career to date? Any particular highlights? I mean, I, I have in the last couple of years, you know, had what what I suspect for me might have been, you know, sort of a 
you know, potentially the job of the decade. I was involved in um, acting for Hoover Limited, and, and clearly this is in the public domain, otherwise I can't speak about it. Um, but they did a regulated apportionment arrangement, and that's a very unusual. And this one actually went through with very little publicity, which was good, which is exactly what we wanted. Uh, and it was very much a case of feeling like, you know, the gliding swan and the paddling legs underneath it. But for a fair chunk of time, I genuinely felt I was probably working 24-7 on that, in as much as there really wasn't much else I thought about any time, any day. But of course, I was just an advisor. And, and, you know, I was part of a far wider team, including the directors of the company who had an awful lot at stake there, uh, and responsibility to, to an awful lot of employees as well. So I was a I was a cog in a very larger machine. But that was a very, very interesting and ultimately very rewarding job. And um, given how much uh, pensions law seemed to give you, do you think you'll remain in this area? Well, it goes back to, to sort of the, the point I said that it keeps on changing. So, you don't, you know, if you feel you've got itchy feet, you've just got to wait for new legislation. You've got something else new to learn. So it's great. I mean, the, the government seems to always fix that sort of problem for us that, you know, I mean, you know, we were due to get a new pensions bill and it's hopefully one of the ones that, you know, will, will survive and, and will continue. So that is one of the great benefits that... Um, you know, I always know that there'll be something that uh, that I've got new to learn, and, and quite frankly, and it's, it's one of the interesting things about uh, an interesting thing about the job is that, you know, I can, you know, know as, as little as something about our most junior lawyer because we're both seeing it for the same time, and that's it's interesting. You know, you learn together, so you know, it's it's a it's a fascinating job from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, you obviously you help secure the pension benefits for you know thousands of people. What about your own pension plan? Oh, the classic busman's holiday. Any time for that? Or? Well, I, 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 I did. I, yes, I probably could spend more time on my pension planning. Um, I certainly have been putting money in for quite a long time. Uh, I am not an investment expert, so my investment choices are probably as idiosyncratic as anyone else's, but I have made choices. I'm not in any default funds. Um, I, I, I did make an attempt to try and uh, consolidate my own pension saving uh, and failed because uh, I couldn't manage to find a way to do it without uh, requiring to take independent financial advice. And given at that time, I was trying to move a very, very small pot from one, one place to another place. It, it didn't strike me as that something I wanted to do. Um, so I just keep a good track of the paperwork, quite frankly, and, and make sure the providers know if I move house. OK, so that's interesting. Um... So you're a pensions lawyer and you, you found it quite hard to consolidate your... Well, pot. yes, and I, I did it as a deliberate experiment to uh, not use any specialist knowledge and see how I got so to, got to. So simply to use the information, the written information that had been provided to me by my pension providers and information on their websites. And so when I could fail to do it online, I again tried through a telephone call and were asked questions that I knew the paperwork didn't answer. I knew the answers. I mean, it was like an exam question. I had to put my hand up and go, I know, I know, I know the answer. But actually, no, the answer wasn't on the paper. So for the, for the sake of a customer, I wouldn't have known the answers. And that's what tripped me up. It was jargon, that, uh, that jargon was being used on the one side and not consistently with the paperwork. And therefore, as a lay person, you would be stuck. You basically would be stuck. Yeah. So, so you don't yeah. think the current framework in that sense is appropriate well I think it's always been it's always been a challenge and I know I know it's been tried many times before to try and find simpler ways of articulating pensions and I think as, a, as an industry or actually the the industry of pensions communication um, certainly is a vast improvement on on uh, uh, how pensions have been communicated you know a number of years ago um, 
But, um, you know, it is a challenge because, you know, it's about any form of financial education. You know, the argument tends to be that in an ideal world, you catch people when they're at school and educate them then. It's more difficult maybe to engage people and explain things to people. Or if you can access information on the Internet, you it's not necessarily accurate or a correct description of what the issues are. So it can be misleading and you wouldn't know. Mm. So, so what would you advise your man on the street to do about their pension? <laughs> Well, I think number one is is to start early uh, in pension saving and understand the value of a, of a pound put in a pension when you're 25 is worth a lot more to you than a pound started at 35 or 45. And I think if you can even capture that, the early start of pension saving, I think that's probably one of the most valuable financial messages. And it may be that someone invests and they, they don't make any sophisticated investment decisions. They simply put in the default fund, but that will still be better than not having invested in the pension at all. So a really simple message actually about starting early. Mm-hmm. Start early and put in as much as um, you can. Well, start early is put in as much as you can. I appreciate that people's priorities will be it's it's um, you know money on rent versus money within pension scheme or you know going on holiday assuming you can find a holiday operator that hasn't gone under. So you know obviously you're balancing what people's financial needs are, but if you sort of and I think it was one of the systems that, that was that was um, uh, originally used in America, the idea of like the save more tomorrow. Once you default people into the idea of saving and then maybe inc- increase the amount of saving as they get a pay rise and a little bit more goes in, you don't miss what you never felt you had in the first place. And that's probably one of the easiest ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. And looking at the, the nicer side of retirement, what, what would be your ideal retirement? Um, I would ideally probably, I'd probably turn into a... a uh, someone who's seen out and about trying to walk about six dogs I expect I don't I don't have any pets and as I, I don't think I could fairly look after them but I think that would be my retirement plan I'd probably effectively have a, a rescue home for uh, for neglected West Highland white terriers so uh, very specific yeah. dog that's just the only one I want and you know like other dogs but that's the one I'd want to own so that would probably be it me and a, a pack of Westies yeah retirement for dogs yeah <laughs> brilliant and is there any advice you would give to uh, people who have just started studying law or just started working? Yeah, I mean, there's really two points. I mean, the, the, the studying law, and I, I've sort of reflected on this based on having interviewed an awful lot of law students uh, throughout my career and non-law students as well. I think the important thing is to study what you enjoy studying. If you're, if you're actually, if you you can become a lawyer with an extra year of academic study, if you can afford that. Actually, it doesn't matter what degree you do; you just do a little bit more study afterwards. If you are studying law. Pick the subjects that interest you most because, uh, you, you, you know, and you're never going to see pensions as one of those subjects. You know, we, we never find there is no concept of somebody who's somebody studied yeah, law at an undergraduate degree. So I think the, the doing what you find interesting because you will get you'll get trained on your job about how to be a lawyer of whatever discipline. So I think, you know, treat the law degree for as, as much enjoyment as you can. And I think for people who start working, I think it's asking questions. I think being really open and honest about what you understand and what you don't understand. Um, and actually, the asking questions will also show someone else what you do, what, you, what you're good at as well. Um, I mean, that's something which is, is it's, it's more easily apparent in a small firm, is you really get to understand people's skill sets because you can actually, you know, really, you know, you, you chat to them a lot and you're you know, right next to each other and you can see what people are good at and what they bring to the table. Um, and I think just being honest about what you understand and what you don't understand when you're starting work is, is really important. And often it's, it's really 
important as you progress through your work as well. So I'd be the first person to stick my hand up if I didn't understand something. And and um, because you know uh, because I say you know you know we're learning it for the first time. So I'm as much or least able to understand it as anyone else sometimes. Okay. Anne Marie, thank you very much. If you want to hear more from people about their careers in pensions and what's kept them there, please tune in again on the Mala Street podcast.